G'day folks, welcome to the Expedition Kayaks podcast. It's our first ever episode. We're hoping it's going to become a random hour of kayaking, tall tales and yarns, giving you a perspective on all things paddling straight from the paddler's mouths. My name's Mark Sundon, my less vocal buddy Rob Mercer will be here from time to time too, and we'll do our best to bring you a lineup of stories from our paddling mates, people in the paddling world here in Australia and hopefully overseas. From the rock star high achievers to the more modest but no less valid tales from ordinary people out there who are enjoying our wonderful sport. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you're going to enjoy this series of kayaking podcasts from us here at Expedition Kayaks. Well, I'm here on the Wanny uh, next to the Warrenal River in Kate and Steve Dawson's house. They've uh, they've invited me over, we've got a nice bowl of red wine open, um, it's a bit of a mess, well not really a mess, I think it's uh, sparse really, sort of looking as though it's all been packed up because they've uh, they've sold it in lieu of heading off to the US next week for a couple of really big adventures, um, the Texas Water Tribe race followed by the legendary Yukon race um, which is in Canada. Uh, they train their backsides off, uh, something I couldn't even imagine doing to, do, to get these things sorted. And, and this is something of a, a, a quinella of, of ultra, ultra marathon events, which seem to be right up their alley. So without any further ado, welcome, you two. Hi, Mark. Hi. G'day. Kate. Kate's a bit nervous. She doesn't really want to be on the podcast, by the way, but she's here <laughs> reluctantly. <laughs> but welcome me. I've, I've come over with my gear here, and they've opened a bottle of wine, and here I am in their house, so good, good on them. Yeah. Good on me. You may never leave. <laughs> well, yeah, we get to the second bottle. So talk me through these two races that you're heading off to, because uh, I know in America they're a big deal, but here in Australia they're not, not so well known. So the first race is the Texas Water Safari, um, and it's probably not even that well known in the US. Um, it's, it, it, they, they rank it, or they, they call it the world's toughest canoe race, and um, it's probably a fairly well-deserved deserved title. Um, Does that mean you're doing it in a canoe? Yes. Oh, yes, right. we are. Uh, they, all sorts of boats. It's, right. Um, so there's there's K ones and surf skis and canoes and wreck wreck boats and and all sorts of things. I think there's 180 boats, 183 boats entered this year. Yeah. How far? 418 kilometres. And on, is that on one river or a whole bunch? Uh, so it starts out in um, San Marcos. San Marcos, and um, so. Starts out, starts out in San Marcos and goes down. Um, what is it? This uh, I didn't think there were any rivers in Texas, mate. I no, it's spring, it was... spring fed. So there's, right. a spring, there's a spring fed river, San Marcos River. I'm going to call it the San Marcos River. Um, there's 80 miles, which is a uh, I don't know, 120 k's. 120 k's. Yeah. Of um, old dams and bridges and things that you paddle up to everybody everybody piles out of the boat um 
they drag the boat over the dam. Everybody jumps, scrambles over the dam, gets back on the boat on the other side, and, and away you go. So 80 portages. Uh, no, I think there's... I honestly don't know how many there is. Right, that would have been a good bit yeah. of research to do that before yeah. you... Oh, we'll, we'll work it out on the day. Have you been practising your portages? No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, We've got some teammates who are, who are probably very good at portaging. Right. We're just good at paddling. I was going to say, it'd be a funny sight down on the wanting to yeah. see you two running up and down the Prince Edward Park here with your canoe on your shoulders. Yeah, no. <laughs> Has it happened? Uh, not in a long time. <laughs> so... Um, so there's 80 miles of, of intermittent portaging. Uh, I think there's, you know, sort of 16 or 20 of them. And then it just, that takes kind of 20 hours. And then it's, uh, no, probably not that long. But it, it then turns into um, the Guadalupe River at the 80-mile mark. And it's just a dirty, great big slog out to 257 miles. 250, 253 miles. Um, and then it finishes with a crossing of a bay, six miles across a bay. And um, right on the on the slog, so you're doing it, you're mostly doing it at night. Um, you're looking at 45 to 55 hours if, you, if you're competitive. Um, no stops, so... Yeah, you don't get out of the boat for anything, basically. Other are there checkpoints uh, and things like that? Yeah, there's, there's checkpoints. There's um, I don't know, there's twenty or thirty checkpoints down the river. Compulsory ones, like, um, yeah, yeah, they watch you go through. Yeah. Um, they've got feeding crews on the on the bank, and they'll they're allowed to pass you food and water. They're not allowed to assist you. They're only allowed. I think they might be allowed to pass you medical supplies. No, I don't think so. But anything you haven't, if they hand you anything you haven't got in the boat, you're disqualified. So you're yeah. taking a few Nurofen then? <laughs> uh, yeah, Nurofen and some other stuff. Yeah. We'll, we'll get we'll get to the other stuff later. Um, so that's that goes on for for hours and hours and hours on flat water, and um, intermittently there's log jams. So the water's there's there's been floods down. It's it's deposited logs and trees and mud, and um, some of the depending on the time of year, depending on you know what's the, what the last flood was, um, there can be a log jam a mile long that you get out and you drag the boat. An, an actual log jam, yeah, not a bunch of paddlers no, no, waiting sure. for a ferry Actually, or something. Big, dirty, log, great logs, logs. <laughs> covered in mud <laughs> okay. across the river, and you drag your boat through them. Okay. Which, you know, sounds okay until you think that, well, the, the type of boat they're paddling, so, like I said, there's, there's, um, there's K1s and there's, there's canoes, traditional stuff, and then there's surf skis. Um, the, the locals have adopted what they call an unlimited, and it's all these kind of hairy designs have, have spawned out of this race. And so what you get is a you know, typical one would be a four-man canoe, narrow racing four-man canoe with a rudder on the back. Okay. And um, so we're in one of those with two <clears throat> with two Texans, and it's thirty feet long. Right. So now you've now you've reached a log jam. 
with trees all over the place. Not going to be a lot of bow ruddering going on there. Not a lot, no. No. In your 30-foot canoe. No, no. Which weighs 50 kilos, I think. So it's car- they're carbon fibre, but they're not carbon fibre for light. They're carbon fibre so you can beat the hell out of them. Right. And they survive. Yeah, so, okay. So... So you drag them through, you know, whatever log jams and other obstacles you come across. So they would have been practicing that, these two Texan blokes. Yeah, like. I'm hoping that they've yeah. actually been plotting a course. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, this, <laughs> like, from, the, from the Facebook post, there's people down, you know, spray painting trees and, you know, arrow going this way. Although apparently you can't trust any of the arrows because you could probably put someone off by a adding can, a few arrows. A canoe and a Texan backwater, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. So, so you do that. You get out to um, what they call the saltwater barrier, and um, then it's just six miles across a bay that's you know, probably like Bait Bay, really. You know, it's, it's yeah. kind of can be like Bundina, mm-hmm. um, which means that it can be dead flat, and you could cross the bay in a couple of hours, or it could be six foot waves, and you can spend you know teams have spent twenty four hours. Across. Crossing the bay, which is um, shallow enough to walk across most of. Ah, oh, right. So the waves, you know, have a have a reputation for standing up, but they strap the strap their life jackets on for the first time, and they put skirts on the boat, and they try and get across the bay. Um, one of the guys we're paddling with last year, um, I believe, he spent an hour floating in the water beside his boat along with his teammates while they tried to work out how to get back in a four-man boat. Okay. so Because um, you can't be assisted. If you're assisted, that's it. you're out. So the, the safety boat will sit you know, and watch ju- it. just off and watch it. You know, go, are you ready to, are you ready to ring the bell? <laughs> tap out. Yeah. You know, so, so I guess the... Only trip, five miles to go. Do you want to tap out? The trick there is to work out whether you... Do want to have the twenty-hour paddle across, or wait fifteen hours and yeah. then paddle across in an hour? Or you could walk around the outside. Oh yeah, you can actually walk around the outside. Okay, that's a fair portage. Hmm. Yeah. Thirty kilogram canoe, yeah. but I mean, oh, just no. Well, talking. Oh, knee deep, knee deep, knee deep water. Wade, yeah, wade to the fish. They just, they just <laughs> wade around the outside of the bay, which right. is probably fifteen hours of walking. <laughs> and one hundred and eighty canoes, so like that probably well, one hundred and eighty mixed. So boats. probably four four hundred people giving it a shot and yeah. thereabouts. Um, biggest boats are nine man canoes. Okay. Which, when you see them go, the the first eighty miles is really tight and windy and narrow, and you see these guys coming around. There's some really good video, and most of the video you'll see online is is from the first eighty miles because then it gets hard to get to, and yeah, you know, or everybody's GoPro's gone flat by then, so it all looks really exciting. Um, but what you see is these six and six and nine man canoes coming round, coming round the bend, a little bit of white water, and the three guys in the front all bow ruddering like <laughs> furiously trying to turn the turn the nose of this thing around a corner. Okay. Despite the fact the guy's got a rudder that would make a Tasmanian drool. So, I mean, Kate, you'd have to be the canoe aficionado here, having been the first woman ever to finish the Hawkesbury Classic in a canoe. You've been giving Steve a few hints on this stuff? No, or? no, Steve's the expert, but um, it's an adventure. It is an adventure. That's what I keep telling myself. 
Yeah. I'll just take it as it comes. I mean, if he's talked you into it, I have seen the aftermath oh. of uh, <laughs> of him talking you into a few things over the years. Yeah. Um, mostly to do with the ocean. What? All those, all those incidents, he was steering. All those incidents? Yes. <laughs> Plural? Yes. <laughs> right, so we've taken Mold. the rudder pedals off him. Yeah. Multiple, yeah. actually. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to be with two other guys in Texas, and Steve won't be steering, so okay. we'll be good. Yeah, I found, I found his propensity to head for bad things is, is a fairly elevated skill. I think he's. I can remember coming in through Port Stephens one day with meter with two two and a half meter swell following us into an incoming tide, an outgoing tide, and you guys were following him straight onto a breaking shoal, until I said, "Yeah, no, I don't think we go over there. I think we go over here." Steve carried on oblivious and missed the whole thing, and and we watched all those big waves smash on a big sandy shore, not very far away from us. So. So yes, steer. Well, you were a single then, though, Steve. That was yeah. yeah, yeah. That was you know. I mean, you're responsible for your own your own misdemeanors there. And there is a very famous photo of you standing on top of the cliff at uh, Jim and Head after. Was Steve steering that day? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what what went on there? Um, he was always trying to make me get into the breaking waves so I don't get scared. At Jim and Head. Yeah. So for those of you who aren't Not familiar, driven, but... But generally Jibben Head is a particularly nasty bombora in Australia. That's a rock shelf that waves will break on uh, with remarkable inconsistency in rather different places. Some of them are worse than others. Jibben's probably the worst in the local area. Yeah. Um, Steve's theory is, uh, I'll take you in these places, get you confident, and then you'll be able to go anywhere. But this time, um, misjudged, breaking wave, we rolled up once, and I can't remember, I think we were still just in the breaking zone, and over we went again, and this time we got swept into the shore. Yeah, so that's about 135 metre breaking area there with rocks everywhere Yeah. that finishes up on a cliff. And I was still under, waiting to be to feel him starting to go to roll up again. And then there he is standing beside me saying, you got to get out. <laughs> <laughs> no helmets. Okay. Um, I think we're both pretty lucky. You were in a very strong boat. Yeah. 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 So I have, I have a version of it that, and, and I did make a mistake. We were, we were, I was cutting on nah. I. <laughs> You did it. I have to say I, because I was steering. I was cutting the corner at, at Jimin, and I thought I was far enough out to miss the miss the miss the uh, the large rock where the wave stands up. So that would be about a hundred metres to the seaward of any form of bombora, generally. Ah, no, this is no, it's the one right on the corner. Oh, that one. Yeah. Okay. And, and oh, I, well, you're unlucky then. So, so I have a. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I have very, very clear recollections of paddling up, watching a, watching a little bit of swell come in, looking down, realising that I was actually smack on top of the rock, the, the big rock that's about the size of a combi van. And there was only about a foot of water between me and the rock. 
the boat between the boat and the rock. It's remarkably but clear water there too. It is. You can see all sorts the, of lovely the, fish. And... So, so the wave went from sort of three foot to about eight foot. The 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 when we were in a double, we we're in a North Shore Atlantic double, which um, generally makes the rocks feel sorry when it hits rocks. Yeah, it's, I mean it's it's a it's a it's a really well built boat. Yeah. Uh, the fact that the waves stood us up on our end and almost reversed looped us um, while we were vertical was a bit concerning. And then we kind of fell sideways and got got pushed sideways towards the point. We did okay. We were side surfing for a bit until we hit the until we got smashed into the rocks. Then the boat's gone upside down. We had a couple of goes at rolling. The next few waves bashed in on us, and and at the point where I step decide, decided that I should just step out of the boat, and I grabbed Kate's life jacket and pulled her up. We were actually in a rock pool on top of the rocks. <laughs> So it wouldn't have mattered if we'd rolled up because we weren't in the sea anymore. Yeah, okay. <laughs> You've made a transition from the ocean to, to enclosed waters. We had. <laughs> um, okay. And that's the boat that you've been uh, training in for the next challenge in America, right? That's the, the Yukon. Yeah, yeah. So I've got I've had mates who've done the Yukon. When we were on, in Bass Strait on Preservation Island, one of the... One of our paddling mates for, for many years, Lyndon Anderson, was telling us how he did it 20 years ago. And the navigation challenges, and the, I think they came second, actually, he and his mate. And I had no idea how much was involved in that race. I thought it was like a very, very, very long Hawkesbury um, with, you know, start here, aim down the river, eventually end, hit the finish. But he said, no, 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 it's... it's uh, it's an awful lot more committing. You have to know where you're going. There's there's a whole strategy around it. So that that's one that I think I think even Rob Mercer has got that one on his bucket list for one day to do. So so how much when when how much time elapses between when you finish the Texas one and you head up there? Um, <clears throat> we've got a couple of weeks. Couple of weeks. Yeah. You gonna drive up or are you gonna? No, we're gonna bounce through um, Vancouver. Oh, cool. So we're gonna go. Fly out of, fly out of Texas, back to go to Seattle, um, catch the catch a train to Vancouver, spend some time on Vancouver Island, yeah, and then it's um, fly out of Vancouver <coughs> to Whitehorse, which is the start of the. Where's that? Start of the Yukon. Um, Yukon Territory, somewhere up where the sun never goes down. So the whole race is running sunlight. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, ish, ish, yes, yeah, yeah. It's um, that's pretty wild. I don't think. I think over the whole, the whole day night cycle, it gets dim enough that you can't you can't distinguish color anymore. But that's as dark as it gets. You just start to lose that color definition. But right, basically, it's it's an endless night, endless day, endless day. And um, I'm a bit concerned about this. This navigation required because well, Lyndon said, we're not planning on any of that. Lyndon said, <laughs> Lyndon said they were going toe to toe with the guys who won it, and oh, maybe Lyndon won it. He'll be able to, He'll probably listen to this and tell correct me very quickly if they did win it. But I think from memory they came second, and that was a second versus third, and they headed for a split in the river, which was a substantial one. You know, like they went one side, the guys that were in front of them went the other side. 
And an hour later, they popped out, you know, 20 minutes in front because they'd, they'd, they'd kicked the right way and, and picked the current better. And, uh, and he said there were quite a few decisions like that to be made during the course of it. it was a fa his story about it was fascinating, really. We were sitting there on a little hut, cattleman's hut on Preservation Island. He was telling us all about it one night. Yeah. Um, but um, so there's a couple of distances in that, right? Yeah, so, <clears throat> so what is it? It's three legs. Um, first legs, uh, well, there's three, there's, there's three legs. The first leg is, I'll tell you, cup takes and passes. Oh, I thought it was 250 k's. Looking at notes here. Yeah, wow. this is this pretty is, comprehensive notes. This is race notes. So we've got race notes. Hang on. Uh, 300. No, 200. Yeah. It's 207. 207 k's first leg. Yep. Right. And then you have a seven hour, you, you reach a place called Carmax. I don't know. Oh, you're in the wrong place. Jeez. I'm really going to get in trouble, aren't we? 304. How about that? First leg. First leg, 300 k's. And what about flow? How fast are you going? Uh, in places you're doing 20. Oh, awesome. <laughs> well, we've, we've, so we've been looking at spot track data from previous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Previous, you know, good boats, and um, you know, speeds are sort of fifteen to twenty, in in various sections. Um, so there's there's three hundred k's, and then there's a seven hour mandatory stopover. Yep. Where you get to eat, sleep, you can have a shower, and you know, buy a burger if you want. So say say you're humming it, averaging say fourteen. That's that's twenty hours or thereabouts. For a first leg, then a mandatory seven-hour stop. You're going to try and do that. Yeah, we're going to try and do that, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, what are you paddling? Uh, it's a World Kayak 640. So we're renting, yeah, renting a boat there. Um, cost of getting a boat, of course, to to the Yukon. Yeah. Um, I know some guys from Lane Cove that have done it. Yeah. And they were saying it's you know four to five thousand bucks by the time you land a boat there. And even getting uh, it up you, to a remote place like yeah, that as well, and, yeah. and you could buy one there, and, yeah, um, for the same kind of money. But we're renting one, it's, which isn't isn't cheap, um, and they've got all these weird rules about you're not you're not allowed race boats, you're not not what we'd consider to be a race boat, yeah. So um, they've got a minimum width for length, and um, this thing's about as good as it gets, um, by which it's about the same as the Atlantic. In, yeah. in in terms of so it's a so it's a beast so six meters by seventy wide or something yeah, yeah something like that yeah. Mm. Um, yeah I think it's it's kind of one to ten I think um, so for yeah. six and a half meters it's 65, 65. 65 wide but you're not allowed anything narrower than sixty five yeah so the sort of thing we'd race here doesn't get a look in and that's obviously because of the distance and the the fatigue and the fact that if something's unstable yeah they don't want people Going yeah. in the core and finding themselves swimming around in a freezing river at midnight. Yeah, and there's only knackered. <laughs> there's, um, <clears throat> I think there's only about seven checkpoints, seven or eight checkpoints on the whole thing, and, and only a handful of safety boats. So what's the total oh. distance? Seven hundred and fifteen. Holy, right. What's the record? Uh, it's somewhere around about forty-two hours. Forty, might even be slightly under forty hours. Wow. Okay, and I, and I guess that'd be a hard one to judge. There'd be good years and bad years yeah, when sure. there was more melt and uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Holy so, dooly. So you get a you get a seven hour stop, then you paddle another uh, two hundred and fifty k's, and then you get a three hour stop, a mandatory stop, and then dash to the finish. Only <laughs> <laughs> another hundred and fifty. So um, yeah, you know, to bring you to bring yourself out at seven hundred. Wow. Seven hundred and something k's. So, that, so all this over a, what a six week period, less. Yeah, well, it's yeah, yeah five less. five weeks. Five weeks. Yeah, and you timed it so you get the two in close to one another. Yeah. We get we go to Texas with a week to um, train for yeah. the first time with our teammates. Yeah, and acclimatise. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so we've got. This all this all started. The Texas thing started. I'd never heard of it, and um, online having a having a discussion with someone about warm warm paddling clothes, and uh, it went from I need some warm paddling clothes to 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 be able to train in winter in Texas to you know you, mate you should get yourself some merino. It's really good, um, and then. A conversation about what sort of what sort of what sort of paddling are you doing? Tell me about this race. Tell me more about this race. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Um, at which stage we thought it was kind of thought it was a little bit nuts, but um, it's been kind of four years in the making. We, yeah. We said yeah 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 that'd be that'd be fun one day. We should come and do that. We'll put that on the put that on the bucket list and. Um, I think after the after the Murray last year, Mike Mike Day, who's um, who's kind of the team captain, he he shot us an email and said, "Is this year the year?" And um, so he's managed to rustle up a another guy, David Carlson, and um, they've rustled up a a crew, a land crew, and um, we're in. We're in a four man boat. Awesome. So that four years you're talking about. So I, I can remember coming across you, Steve, when you came into our shop there once to snaffle a bargain and then back a couple of days later to snaffle the other bargain of the same boat, a couple of couple of sea kayaks that we were trying to shift out the door because they weren't very good, but you seemed to think they were. So, you know, that was I wasn't going to argue. You were telling me wonderful things about Yeah, them. I was. Yeah, yeah. I think at that stage we both realised that there was no point trying to Bullshitter, bullshitter. <laughs> they were cheap. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and from there we um, we used to have a Thursday morning paddle at um, on Botany Bay, which which uh, was twelve k's um, out and back with Rob Mercer and, a, and an array of other guys who used to come along regularly, um, which has subsequently become. As it's evolved into the uh, the, the the paddling, the drinking club with a paddling problem, the Dolls Point Paddlers, and now that's a, a, a well-established weekly paddle with sometimes as many as twenty people out there, um, and you've always had a really broad view of paddling. You, you had a whitewater background in New Zealand. I can always remember telling me a few tales about those. Hairy-chested fellas used to hang out with in the South Island. We were all young and stupid. Yeah. Well, I think you kind of have to be to run rivers in the South Island, don't now, you? Now I'm just older. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, perhaps what was what? That, that's how you started paddling. You weren't paddling marathons or sea kayaking 
or surf skis back then. No, well, back then, I mean, I started I started paddling back in 80, 85. And um, I think originally, originally I'd started out um, because because uh, a young girl I was interested in decided she wanted to do the coast to coast, oh, and okay. uh, and and she wanted someone to come along to the club and and do the do the um, the the beginners lessons. So I said, oh, all right, that's that's fine. Um, Within a couple of months, I'd, I'd kind of got hooked and she had vanished. And um, it was an interest. It was Southland Canoe Club, uh, based in Invercargill. And in in winter, they went to the pool and they played canoe polo. Um, in summer, they started to paddle when the, the ice started to melt and the snow started to snow started to run. Um, we paddled whitewater and um, then we surfed. So we'd take the whitewater boats out and surf on the on Fobo Strait on the the, the beaches facing the Southern Ocean, which um, was interesting at times. I'm, pic- I'm picturing dancers, the old dancers. On and there uh, was there was there was some dancers, yes. Yeah, and uh, and and homemade spray decks made out of oh, no, shower no. curtains with women nude no, women on them. No, and no, no, they were aluminium there. aluminium paddles and. No, actually, we had a guy that was that was building paddles out of wood locally. Okay, so he was he was making his own, yeah. and um, and flogging them off. But there was a few, there was a few f- uh, fiberglass and um, and aluminium ones around. Those massive PFDs where you can hardly see the guy's head over the top. Oh yeah, yeah, the ones with the the ones with the big vertical yeah, the big, blocks yeah. of blocks of foam look yeah. like cricket pads. Yeah, 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 and you know, and the bottom that kind of folded up into Absolutely. a second into a second <laughs> row. Um, yeah, and um, well, there was there was times when I was quite glad I was wearing that much buoyancy. Yeah, the padding would have been an. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were quite impact impact yeah. proof as well. Um, yeah. But back then, if you'd said let's go flat water paddling, I'd have probably gone off and had a beer instead. That was uh, flat water, flat water paddling was like paddling uphill. Pretty well, my reaction when someone suggested to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And how many Hawkesbury's have you done? Yeah, I know, I know. Come on. Come on, there's an audience. You know, let's let's get this straight. <laughs> so, um, yeah, paddled paddled quite a bit of whitewater. Um, Queenstown was really close, so shot over and um, the Carrow and some some rivers, some some rapids that are now flooded since the since the dams went in. Um, but it was a it was a whitewater paradise. Huge, huge opportunities. Um, lots of lots of fun to be had. Um, but that kind of, uh, I think when I met Kate at university, um, kids, career, other things, I got, I got a few scares at the same time. Um, had one friend, one friend who drowned, um, and it was one of those stupid, um, we were in a group and he was, he was tail end and, um, somebody turned around, he was gone and he gone under some willows, you know, just a dumb accident, um, which kind of emphasises how easy it is to have a dumb accident, you know, mm. even with experienced paddlers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and you start to have, I had a, I had a couple of close calls myself and um, managed to fold a boat around the back of my legs, which 
you know, I was lucky I didn't break both legs in the boat. You only do that once, and you either survive it and never do it again, or yeah. you don't survive it and never yeah, well, do it again. That yeah. put me off for a very long time, but um, it was, yeah, other life just came along, and, and um, so we took a, I took a hiatus. And, so, so what got you back into paddling? Oh. Because you'd only just gotten back into it, I think, when I met you. Yeah. It hadn't been that long. Yeah, well, I think it was... What were we doing? We were, we were renovating this house, and... Um, <laughs> you had four kids in the meantime, Yeah, right? yeah, we had, that straight. Yeah, 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 we had kids. And, yeah. and when we moved to Sydney, we, so we, we lived in Auckland. We started having kids in Auckland, and um, then we moved to Sydney, Sydney for work, and um, bought a house, just happened to, happened to be on the, on the Warrenora River. And um, so the water was handy, and we decided to get some kayaks because we had kids. We thought this is, you know, this is cool. So we got some you know, plastic sit-on tops that, that weren't very pretty, and um, they got used a little bit. The kids had a kids had a bit of fun, and then um, we were renovating the house and oh, just renovating and, and working with builders, and, and things just started to go wrong. We had some we had some problems, and um, one day I was it just reached just reached peak frustration and I was either going to say something rude and, and it wouldn't have gone well or I just picked up the boat took it down to the river and went for a paddle and I felt better you know it was just like it was just a calm place mm-hmm. so um, yeah I started doing a bit of paddling and then did some more paddling and then went off and and I think I convinced Kate to let me buy something a little bit a little bit more uh Fitness. I bought a Flash. Yep. Which um, I have to say is the only boat I've ever hated. I absolutely hated it. And Flash is made by the uh, fellow who makes our wonderful Audax, by the way, one of Australia's best boat builders. <laughs> Many people do like it. <laughs> I hated it. In hindsight, what I hated was the seat. And, and Slady's seats are. Um, they actually have legendary status as you either like them or you don't. And if you don't... I think in your case, I remember you describing it as a medieval torture device. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, Geneva Convention would have prevented the creation of those seats. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I paddled the flash for a little bit and, you know, that was... I kind of characterised that as months spent trying to find trying to find a level of padding which made the seat bearable and then and then um, kind of gave up. And that's about the point where I, I think for my 40th birthday, I um, I got Kate to, to agree to, to let me buy a boat. In fact, I, I think she agreed to buy me too. And um, so we turned up, at, I turned up at your place to pick up a, what would it be, a Zeagle 530. Yep. Which, you know, Wonderful boat, tracks well, you don't need a rudder. Certainly tracked. Well, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, it tracked yeah. like it was on a Did, rail. Didn't really change direction at all, actually. No. It tracked so well. Yeah. No, no. But, it's, uh, it's, it, you develop wonderful steering skills. Yeah. Let, one of those. let me say, there have been a lot worse boats designed in the, over the years. It wasn't yeah. the worst choice you made. Yeah, that was a bit of a bargain. It was It was a good boat. And so, uh, so he came so, back and got So, hang So, sorry. Bought this. Saw this boat, and Mark had Mark had two of them in the shop, and it was jelly bean blue, and I thought that I like that. It's a it's a beautiful boat, and 
my recollection is I bought it home on the roof rack. Kate looked at it and went, oh, I like that colour. You should go back and get one for yourself. <laughs> so I ended up with a white and yellow one that I didn't really want. That's right, yeah. Actually, our mate Ross now has that, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. That went well, too. <laughs> <laughs> Tracks well. Yeah, <laughs> Tracks well. We had to pull Ross out of, the, out of the water that same day that Steve nearly paddled over the shoal, maybe four or five times, and took three of us three hours to rescue him a kilometre back to safety. Yeah. In all in good humour. We were okay. We were okay. We waved off the maritime rescue boat. <laughs> and the dolphin boat. Yeah. And a couple of fishing boats. They were all quite concerned, yeah. but we seemed to get it done, didn't we? <laughs> Nobody called search and rescue, so it was That's all right. So, okay, so the, the, you got the blue boat. How much paddling had you done at that point? I think just the little bit we did on the sit-on-tops. And that was it. Because I got in that and... Just got the bug. So, okay, so you're a mum, raised four kids, yeah. exercise and stuff up to that point, because I know you run and everything nowadays. And, no, I didn't run then, I just walked, but now I run. Um, no, I just decided I liked kayaking. And, and, and um, was that when you went down here with this mob at the Southland Shire Canoe Club? Uh... Oh, it would have been at that stage. It would have been, yeah. Because yeah. Steve had already joined. Because you couldn't hope to find a better bunch of friendly dudes than, than those guys um, at the time, right? Yeah. Even now. Yeah. Even now. No, they're all so encouraging. Yeah. Oh, it was great. And then we just progressed from there. Had heard about people doing the Hawkesbury and I said, oh, could we do that? And... So the Hawkesbury is a 111 kilometre race run just to the north of Sydney that goes from the foot of the Blue Mountains, more or less, almost to the sea. And it's... Uh, at night. At night. Overnight. Yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, it's, a, it's a lovely moonlight paddle, which is now conducted in mostly... Darkness. On, on moonless <laughs> nights, sometimes in lightning storms. And for all that it sounds crazy to paddle 111 kilometres, um, it, it is one of the few extraordinary things that an ordinary person can do if you if you cut out the top 30 or 40 paddlers that finish and stood around for the next six or seven hours while people came in in 14 15 16 17 hour finishing times you really do see the most unlikely people doing something like that and achieving something quite special so it's a it's a it's a rather unique uh race um in australia and if not the world really it's a bloody long way um, and you guys, you know, for someone, for a pair who decided to have a crack at it, it didn't take you long to have it sussed. No. Well, the first, we did it together on a double ski the first time, and then... I think we hit the end of the, we hit the end of the first one, and... Did I do the first one? When you guys? Yeah. I, I was in the, I was racing when you guys did your first one. Yeah, we've had, yeah. we've done yeah. seven. We've yeah. finished seven now. I think I think you were riding my 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 pressure wave. <laughs> I think you were hallucinating. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was just sitting behind you, uh, paddling very powerfully, and you were like you know dolphins right on the pressure waves of of, of massive powerful craft. I remember craft. that training doing that. I don't know about that yeah. in the race. <laughs> Because you got the new ski, didn't you? And I can remember yeah. rocking up at the Mile Classic. And I think you were particularly having trouble with your backside. 
and commenting mm. on how uncomfortable you oh, looked. Yes. And how what a stupid idea it was to have a ski that was not paddled yeah. such a long distance before. And uh, I think we'd only picked it up on the way up to the mile. Yeah. And yeah. thinking this will be good. They'll yeah. be struggling. I'm going to get on their wash and. Uh, I don't think I saw you again. <laughs> you should always pick up a new boat just before you start, just before arriving at the start line of a 50k race. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, what could possibly go wrong? Exactly. Mm. So I think with the Hawkesbury, um, the, the the Sutherland Club, every club's got a every club's got a personality, and the, and the Sutherland Club has a. The Hawkesbury is just part of its DNA. Yeah, there's lots of people that have got records and. And um, two of the two of the sort of patriarchs of the club, matriarch of the club, they'd um, they've paddled it 26, 26 times. So this is the Morrisons. Yeah. So so Joan Morrison paddled paddled the Hawkesbury um, twenty six times, I think. The last time she was eighty two. I can remember paddling in, past her, and Richard Barnes, in, in a, a double. In a double. Yeah. In both chatting double. away. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You know and. and you know, you'd pedal past Joan and she'd oh, how's it going? You're having fun? I'm having a ball. <laughs> um, you know, despite how miserable you might have been. And it was, and it was you know, you pedal past Joan. It's really hard to be miserable when someone's having that much fun. But um, so it was, the Hawkesbury was kind of in the DNA of the club. And so before long, you know, every year it comes round and, and they start rounding up all the, all the novices and all the people who don't know any better. And go. Are you going to enter the Hawkesbury this year? You know, it's, it's and they they rope them into into ground crew and they rope them into the various things or, you know, they put them in a boat with somebody and um, next thing you know you're lining up for a hundred and eleven k moonlight paddle. Um, well, nowadays we put up a structure you can just about see from space. Yeah, yeah. Big marquee. There's there's routinely thirty people crew and paddlers and which which for a little club that's only got you know it's. On a, in a good year, it's got a hundred members. Um, you know, turning out thirty paddlers yeah. at, a, at an event of that sort of significance is, is pretty good. So, um, yeah, we did it. The, we did it the first year, and I remember getting to the end. And you know, most people, most people, when you reach the end, you go, "I'm never doing that again. I hate you." You know, particularly if you're in a double. Um, <laughs> if your land crew land crew doesn't turn up. Well, they're not, they're not where you expect them to be. You know, families have, have been rent asunder yeah. by such things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we hit the end. They gave us our time and we went, gee, I wish I hadn't spent 45 minutes sitting at Wiseman's Ferry, which is the 65K mark, you know, contemplating how hard it was or how cold we were or, you know, how much, was, how much, how much the uh, clothing was riding up on us. And I think... Before we left the car park, we'd agreed to go back and give it another go. You know, it was... Gets in your blood, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, you know, it does. And you look yeah. at it and go, if I could just... Yeah, another two minutes. Another two minutes. Oh. You know, yeah. Um, Buy faster boat. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's, been a, it's been a progression of faster boats. Um, so since then, we've done it... We did it three times in a ski, and it took us, took us three times to, uh, to crack the record in the... In the double ski, and then we kind of got our mojo. Um, you did it. You did it in the long wreck, so a six and a half meter single. And the fusion. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the first year I did it on my own. I was so nervous, and it had been a really hot day, and 
I didn't want to drink much because I didn't want to have to stop and try to find a place to pee. So, uh, stop to have a pee. <laughs> yeah. Serious. <laughs> I've done ten Hawkesbury's. I've never stopped to have a pee. Sorry, did I just say that in front of an audience again? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> really? Some of, some of us can't. Okay, fair enough. Sorry. Um, and I had definition all of a my gentleman. clothes on because I didn't want to have to stop and put warmer clothes on. So I overheated and I was dehydrated and just everything went wrong right from the start. So. I didn't get a record that year, so then as soon as I got to the end, I thought, all right, I've got to do it again, I've got to get it right. So the next year, I did it again by myself. Oh, oh hey, hang on. So so then you got in the car, we were leaving. Oh, well. You, you got in the car and collapsed. Yeah. So this is the first attempt. Yeah. yeah. This, was the, this was the first attempt in the single, and um, we ended up, well... Ended up in the yeah. First ended up pulling team. her out, of, pulling her out of the car, lying her in the recovery position on the on the on the footpath on the, on the in the gutter um, until she came round enough to take her to the take her to the uh, physio tent. Well, that, kind, that kind of happens a bit in the hogs. Well, you know, no one gets too excited about that stuff. Yeah. Sometimes they uh, you know lost an arm or something. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you've seen aliens. <clears throat> I have seen aliens. I had a chat to them one year. Good chat. <laughs> Hallucinations have been. Oh, yeah. Kate's, Kate's always been the one having the hallucinations. What have you seen? Oh. I saw a green sheet. I sheep. saw a pedestrian crossing. A pedestrian and, crossing. And a stop go lady. So I was like. A stop go lady? <laughs> I was trying to. <laughs> we're in the back of the double ski. Oh, okay. I was trying to. Um, Wasn't those red and green lights flashing off the back of his bald head? Maybe. Was it? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Hadn't considered that. Yeah, I mean, that's the most logical explanation. <laughs> but I was trying to get out of the way of these things I kept seeing. I saw a giant rocking chair and a lady sitting in it, and so I was trying to, you know, so hang get on. out of the way. We're talking drugs earlier, just neurofin we're talking here. And that was on nothing. Right. That was oh, well, that was probably your problem. That was absolutely <laughs> yeah. nothing. I remember sitting in the front and going, if you see anything that makes you want to get out of the boat, you talk to me first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Last year when we had the, the really tough year, I was ducking power lines. And I remember I remember Andrew McCauley saying the same thing about paddling across, directly across Bass Strait. He was ducking underneath things and thinking, geez, he must have been out of it. But Didn't he see a tennis court? I don't know if Andrew saw a tennis court. It might have been Stuart Truman that saw a tennis court. Someone saw a tennis court. Yeah, maybe Stuart was ducking under stuff. I have to ask him anyway. I have to ask Stu, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I was ducking stuff last year um, thinking, come on. That's I've done this. This is the tenth time I've been here, and there's no, there's no power lines. <laughs> there's nothing overhanging. It's funny how your mind plays tricks. Well, if there was something to run into, Mercer would have run into. It. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so you go back the second year yeah. in your fusion, right? Same, same boat again, <clears throat> and I didn't dress with so many layers on, and I, I drank more water, and I could keep food down. Didn't get out of your boat to pee. No, I did. Just at Wiseman's. Just okay. once. Okay. Right. And and I was good. And I got a record. And then I thought, okay, that's pretty cool. And then the next year, I was going to paddle in double with um, a friend from the club. And then she ended up with appendicitis. Oh, this would be Christy. Yeah. There is a theory she did that on purpose. Yeah. yeah. She didn't want to paddle with me. Yeah, yeah. There is a theory that... That was her little way of getting out of the hole, another doing another Hawkesbury. So that was about having your appendix and moved. Yeah, 
It must yeah. have been about August, I think. And the Hawkesbury's in October. And so I was like, oh, what am I going to do now? Because um, Steve was already with another partner. And so then, you know, we'd, this year we'd been doing a paddling challenge, which was a thousand Ks of racing in a year. And a component of that is you have to paddle at least one race in a canoe or with a single blade. Most people do the 5K club time yeah. trial. In the well, canoe, I did 30Ks right? at Burley Griffin. Right, okay. In Canberra. Yeah. And thought, <coughs> actually, this isn't so bad. Because before that, I'd only used canoes to go camping in. And not raced in them. And I decided that was all right. And then I thought, hey, I could do the Hawkesbury in a canoe. Because I looked in the records and no woman had ever done it. Well, they hadn't done the full distance. Didn't make you wonder. I wonder why. Yeah, yeah, but I thought I'd give it a go. <laughs> I don't give up. Once I start, I don't give up. Fair enough. I'm not going to quit. So trained, trained for that, and well, it was, I, I it was couldn't. Long, wasn't I couldn't it? do the mile. The mile classic is a good. Uh, Good warm-up race, 47Ks, yeah, shakedown. I wasn't allowed to do that because I'd be too slow. I would have got turned back because yeah. they have cut-off times. So I just trained. I think the longest distance I did was 40Ks on the river here. And I thought, yeah, I'll be right. I'll just get in and go. And I made it. But after the first 30Ks, I had enough, wanted to quit. How long was that, right? How long did it take? So typically, you do your double races in what, and you've done nine hours, something or other, over the years. Done, yeah. Ross and I did 8.46. Yeah, you and Kate have done about, nine something. About nine We've done, and a half. Yeah, I've done 9.20, like 9.20 something in a single. And I've done a seven and a half hour Hawkesbury, <laughs> my first one, in the old town Nantucket. And, and honestly, that's my worst nightmare. Oh, it was, it, it's so much worse to, to this, do it slow. To this day? It's one of the hardest things I've ever done. Yeah. Doing a 10-hour Hawkesbury is way easier than doing a... I've even done a 13 next year, and that was a lot harder than mm. doing a 10. Yeah. Yeah. Fast yeah. is easy. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I'll, when I did it in my Fusion, I did 10, 15, I think it was. You beat me. <laughs> By quite a long way. Awesome. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's all I've tried. There you go. Yeah. Um, and then in the canoe, which was a TC1... A river rat, which I borrowed from a friend, and there that took 12 hours 50, which is the longest Hawkesbury I've ever done. <clears throat> and I think, yes, the longer you take, the harder it is. So, is that the longest paddle you've done? 1250? Um, no, we've been uh, training doing 24 hour paddles for our for your, for your for the longest econ. race. But longest, it's the longest, longest race. racing. Yeah. yeah. So then the Murray, of course, that's now kind of been reformatted on, on what it was originally. Um, but you guys have gotten down there and given that a good shake the last two years? Three. Three, three, three years? Three. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a 400 kilometre race. 404, five days. Yes. Yeah. Um, all during the day, um, 90... 
two ninety something days back to back. So it's like you, know, you go from doing the Hawkesbury, and we were pretty comfortable doing the Hawkesbury to the, <clears throat> the first time doing the Murray. It's like you know you look at it and go, well, it's four Hawkesburys back to back over five days. It's and usually when you finish something like the Hawkesbury, you've got some chafes, you've got some rubs, you've got you know some skin off somewhere, and so the, the Murray's to some extent is about injury management. It's about, about recovery. No, it's about not getting injured in the first place, yeah. really. Because yeah. you just can't recover. You know, you get yeah. you get twelve hours to feed yourself and sleep and then you're back in the boat and you know, if, as a couple of guys found out last year, if it if it kind of starts bleeding on day one, yeah. by, by day three it's pretty unpleasant. Two of our mates did it for the first time last year, affectionately known as the Hobbits. A couple of couple of uh, newish paddlers who were completely overachieving, but uh, one of them opened his back up chafing on day one and uh, got worse from there. Yeah, I think he took about six or seven weeks to get mm. that skin growing back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He proudly showed me what it looked like, and I thought, wow, okay, for the love of paddling. Yeah, <laughs> must have been fun. Yeah. Four, four and a half litres of gurney goo poured into the open wound <laughs> to uh, to get him down the other end. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so... So that's a fair sort of preparation for what you're doing in some respects. It's downflow, it's long distances, Yeah, it's but big, you get to have a snooze every night. Yeah, it's, yeah. Big, it's big wide yeah. rivers. Um, yeah, Texas is... The, the big challenge with Texas is it's non-stop. And, um, you know, the... the the, the cutoff for the race is 100 hours. So, you know, we're aiming for, God help us, 40, 40, 45, 50 hours, which, you know, still two days solid paddling without getting out of the boat for any extended period of time. Um, so no sleep? No, no. no sleep. Okay. So. Jeez, no sleep and you hit a six-mile open stretch of water at the, at the yeah. end? Yeah. Yeah. What, okay. What I, could I, possibly go wrong? Yeah, yeah. Sounds like it's right up my alley, really. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you just need a big rock shelf in the middle yeah, yeah. to paddle straight over. Yeah. I'm just hoping it's dead flat. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you get this, get the 40, 50 hours, a lot of the, a lot of the paddlers will finish 70, 75. I think the, I think the award ceremony is at about 76 hours. So if you if you get to a hundred, everyone's you, gone home. Yeah, the, the awards are over, <coughs> and there's there's only a couple of officials standing around welcoming you in. <laughs> but you know you still get to you get a finishing medal and a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, which, absolutely. You know, and you get to say I've, I've paddled four hundred and eighteen kilometres, two hundred and sixty miles or whatever it is. Right. It's wow. Um, and you feel like you're prepared. Uh, you, were, you were in the other day asking about cold weather gear, obviously, for the Yukon. But... Yeah. Oh, I'll just take it as it comes, I think. I mean, your preparation is off the chart to me. I, 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 I feel fit enough. It's just, it's just the unknown because it's a totally different style of race to what we're used to. It's more like an adventure race. It is. It's more yeah. like those, those dudes that go five days and eat caffeine for breakfast um, in um, powder form and... Uh, and and you know, end up seeing eight teammates instead of four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling like the all the portages, getting out of the boat and and the log jams and everything like that. You're not sitting constantly for yeah. the whole time, which is 
it's going to keep you more alert as well as um, giving your legs a stretch. Yeah, and you're yeah. only sitting for like eight hours at a stretch. Oh, you know, it's, yeah, that's nothing. It's not long at all, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, yeah, we've been doing lots of prep for it. We've So we, we've regularly been doing, we, we spend the weekend, Saturday, get up in the morning, 50k paddle. Get back out on Sunday, 50k paddle. And it's just, it's it's on the local river and it's tidal and it's 25k's upriver, 25k's back. And it's just a grind. Um, but, you know, we can, we bang out 100k's for the weekend, no blisters, no chafes, no, you know, we just, we're in that kind of groove. Um, and if you get far enough up the Georges, you know, the, the water's so thick that you pretty much are cutting a groove in it. Um you get a bit sick of seeing them. I always make the joke to make it as far as Ingleburn Mac is when they threaten to break it, burn it down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but pushing. So, so we've had to work out a whole lot of stuff to do the to do the extra distances. Um, you know, it's when you do when you do the Hawkesbury, you're getting out sort of towards 10, 10, 12, 14 hours you've got to kind of push beyond four to get into the fuel cycle and the, you know, you can go out and do three or four hours and you can do that on breakfast. You know, it's no big deal. You have a big breakfast, you go out, you do, you do two hours and you don't, you know, everybody's into gels and they're into, they're into um, isotonics and all sorts of, all sorts of sports drinks. And really you could shrug that off and go, well, you know, have a decent breakfast and you'll be fine. Um, but once you get out past four hours, you've actually got to start thinking a lot harder about yeah, your revolutionary body is yeah, the thing that's been pursued yeah, by a saber tooth tiger by yeah, then. Yeah, your fuel you and know? stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So we've for the for the Texas Texas race, we started talking to the talking to our teammates about what they race on, and they race on this stuff called spiz, and spiz is a is a powdered mix of Proteins, carbs, fats—you know—and it's. I'm, I'm relieved because being Texans, I thought they they had a whole bunch of steaks in the back of the. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, there probably is a team that's has <laughs> got a charcoal grill was, in the, in I was the middle. Thinking Jack Daniels and. <laughs> it's um, big side of side of beef. <laughs> there's a legendary story about a couple of guys <clears> who, you know, in the early days of the race, and um, they'd won it a few times, and. Uh, a new team had turned up, and they knew they were going to get they were going to get absolutely slaughtered. So they uh, switched out their first aid kit for a couple of bottles of, I think they had a couple of couple of Coronas and some cigars, and, and they got ahead of these guys. And they were you know far enough ahead that it was a bit psychological, but they were blown. And as these young guys have come around the corner, these two old guys are sitting there with their Coronas out, <laughs> smoking cigars. Go, Glad you got here, boys. <laughs> you know, this last psychological ploy. Um, no, so we're racing on. We're going to race on stuff called spiz, and um, spiz is the idea is you can just keep doing it. It's it digests, and it's not. You can't race. You know, you, you do the Hawkesbury, and we do it. We we used to do the Hawkesbury on gels. And well, you know what gels? Oh, are. mate, yeah. Mark Mark has a gels recipe which basically takes a whole lot of gels, <laughs> squirts them 
squirts them and dilutes them into, into water. Into a vessel, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and I suck on them. Yeah, I've been known to have 35 gels in 10 hours oh, on the horse spring. I had a good race, but yeah. I was... Um, nearly, bit, nearly in a diabetic coma. Yeah, I was, it wasn't the best four days afterwards, I can promise you. Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, beyond... Beyond kind of four, six, ten hours, you start having to struggle with your body just doesn't want to, you know, your body doesn't want to eat, doesn't want to digest, and then you start getting tired and you start and you start getting cold and, and um, so our twenty four hour adventure kind of started with the the burly twenty four hour relay, which we went down there and decided to do it by ourselves, and um, which a couple of people have done. So that's a thriller. That's a Five kilometre lap course. Yes. And you go round and round and round for 24 hours. And then you stop. Yeah. And then you stop. Yeah. And, everyone, yep. and anybody left on a bank cheers at that point. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I had some dog poo to pick up in my backyard that weekend, uh, which, which <laughs> I'd, I'd been saving up for a bit of fun, so I couldn't quite make it to that one. But, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Not, not to diss the people who organise the Burley 24-hour challenge. Oh, it's, it's a great team event. It's fun. I'm, I'm being facetious here. but uh, As a real event, it's great. Yeah. As, a, as, a, as an individual. As a, as a solo solo boat, you know, even with somebody else in the boat to talk to, it's oh, it's just mind-numbing. So what are you talking about? I mean, you're married, for God's sake. What, what are we, did we find stuff to chat about? No, or? you don't. You don't really talk. Yeah, it's kind of shut up and pedal. Yeah. I was going to say, I, you know. Otherwise, you just talk about what hurts. <laughs> it makes you feel worse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cold. I'm hungry. So did you, you just think... talk and you say, it's time for a gel. Did you think you'd be here doing these extreme, no. really extreme long-distance races? I mean, I don't know too many people who get out and do them, certainly as well as you guys do. We haven't done them yet. No, no, but the Murray and the Hawkesbury, as well as you've been doing yeah. them over the years. I mean... I like pushing myself and I like to, to get to the end with nothing left and you think I gave, gave it all I could. Were you always like that though? No. So when no. did that, when did you acquire that whole thing? Just kayaking. Yeah, but I kayak too and I don't but, really have too much of that in me. I mean, I don't know. Right. Just, just happened. Just happened. Yeah. And then I got into running as well and I like to push myself with that as well. Wow. Wow. So if I'd ask you when you were 30 with four kids running around and dropping stuff on the floor and... No. Definitely not? Not even on my radar, no. Right. So it wasn't something that you're thinking one no. day I'm going to get stuck in. It just happened. No, just happened. Jumped out on one of the sit-on-tops one day and <laughs> suddenly thought, oh, I quite like no, this. No, it's the Seagull. <clears throat> the Seagull. <laughs> The, the, the powder blue eagle that yeah. was meant to be his. Yeah. Mm. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Isn't that funny? And what, and what do you reckon it was about getting in that boat that, that, that kind of... I mean, I know obviously, it, it wasn't a, probably wasn't a, a hallelujah moment, but, but I mean... I don't know. I, I was in control. Yep. It, was all, it was all up to me. Yep. Um, I wasn't steering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that, that came later. That came later. Because <laughs> um, there was another one at Voodoo, wasn't there? You no, put... that wasn't that wasn't uh, Steve. Uh, no, that wasn't him. That wasn't me. That was me to the rescue. Oh no, that was Bob. Oh, that was Bob. Bob's probably Bob, listening too. Yeah, okay. Bob, Bob's trying to teach me confidence as well. Look, okay. see, you're just going to go up and well, down. So Bob put you on Voodoo. 
Yeah. Oh, Voodoo's like a tow-in surfing break, uh, just just off Cape Bailey in uh, in 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 the south of Sydney. You know, you've seen the the footage of Cape Fear, the Red Bull Cape Fear. It's not very far from there, and it does kind of the same thing. <laughs> well, okay. Oh, sorry, pal. Yeah. I'd, I'd I was, always blamed you for that one. So, so I was in a single. I was I was in a single, and quite deliberately, typically, I was I. I went to cut through the edge of the edge of the reef break, and I was just—I was actually in Bob's. What do you have? A rock a, pool. A rock pool. Yep. And um, I was in Bob's rock pool, and I was trying to make it fly off the top of the wave, and I was doing pretty well. And it was, um, and Bob was Bob was in a in a double with Kate, and for some reason he decided to go and come in for a look as well, and I I remember jumping a wave. Turning around, looking over my shoulder, and seeing Bob and Kate in a double on the crest of a wave that was just dumping about six feet, <laughs> and it dumped them upside down. Oh, like a faceplant. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's like a massive faceplant. Okay. And um, and and then someone else who shall remain nameless, nameless. Um, she came in for a look as well because it looked like everyone was having so much fun in the, in the waves. And so we had, uh, I had a double in another, another boat, all, you know, carnage. Garage sale. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was absolutely, gar- absolutely garage sale. And um, it's not a very good place to have a garage sale. No, no. It could be nice and calm. I'd, and then occasionally that'll happen. By, by memory, I got rolled 17 or 18 times. Right. Just trying to get to them. <laughs> and then I just decided to let them wash up on the rocks. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be my theory. Yeah. They'll hit something solid shortly, yeah, and yeah. hopefully they'll be able to stand up when they get there, yeah. and uh, then we'll sort things out. Um, yeah, and they managed, to, they managed to crack the seat out of the boat and split the seams from the, from the nose to about three feet back. So, okay. you know, they got dropped pretty hard. Yeah. But, yeah, it wasn't me. Okay. So, I, can't, I always had that one pinned on you. I'll have to let no. the Don know that... Uh, yeah. yeah, there's one I had didn't have fear. Yeah. That was the trying to get me um, over getting seasick. Well, this that, is that was the idea to put me in a double. So, so we paddled out to Broughton Island. Everyone's didn't best intentions, just trying to help yeah, Kate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we paddled out to Broughton Island, didn't we? That was a bit of a wild day getting out there with a westerly yeah, up our clackers, and uh, and yeah, seasickness was the big thing about you on the ocean. Yeah, I I got it sorted. Yeah, then. Yeah. yeah, drugs. Drugs. <laughs> I'm seasick on the Yukon at night time, paddling. You don't get seasick uh, yeah, on Yeah, I do. Yeah, I was going to say. I do on the Hawkesbury. I have to take... Same thing. Take, take pills, yeah. Yeah. No mm. reference point. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. And, I mean, if we're on a trip with a long crossing, for example, um, we never start in the dark. We'll paddle into the darkness, but we never start in the dark because... Oh, okay. um, because if you start off feeling woozy, well, you're never going to lose that better yeah. again. Um, yeah. And uh, have you got any dark starts on you? No. No. The, well, you know, it'll be dark in Texas. Have two nights. That's a flat river. Supposedly. In the first instance, yeah. anyway. Yeah. The, the <laughs> trick is to have... Um, uh, tablets to stop you getting nauseous 
but also not make you drowsy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you've sussed that out. Yeah. Right. Ah. So, um, these two Texans, do you know much about them? Have you been chatting to them? Are you... Um, just emails back and forth. Yeah. Um, but, Because, uh... I mean, group dynamics and things can be the thing yeah. that brings things like that undone. Yeah. No, I don't know them at all. So we're going to get in the boat with them week. for the first time. <laughs> Fantastic. On Sunday. Fantastic. There's an adventure, huh? Yeah. <laughs> 30 feet long, four-man canoe. Yeah. It'll be right. Yeah. Well, lucky your Kiwis. <laughs> you know, there's a bit of a it'll be all right, mate, attitude to it, I guess. Yeah, How bad can it be? You just shut up and pedal. Yeah. <laughs> We're going all this way. We've got to do it. We've got to finish it. Yeah. Um, it'll be fun. Oh, well, good. We have a kind of starting contract, which is whatever happens, the boat's going to the finish line. <laughs> the paddlers, nah. We'll see how we go. But these guys have done it before, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So so they're the, they're the seasoned pros. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, I don't know. Uh, how, do, how do we, you know, how do people follow your adventure? Are they, are they able to, is there anywhere they can track you? Is the, have the races have trackers on yeah, them? And, they do. Yeah. Both, right. both races. So we might stick a bit up on our page about where you are at the time and where those tracking pages are when you're out there doing it so people can at least see how you're travelling, eating your steaks off the back of your canoe <laughs> in the middle of Texas. Are you sure Texas has got rivets? Yeah, I thought it was just all desert and rattlesnakes and stuff. It's rivers and rattlesnakes and poison. Oh, the Rio Grande's in Texas, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I, I think that was in a John Wayne film, mate. I don't know. What do we? Yeah, anyway. All right. Yeah. We're going to the Gulf of Mexico. Um, all right. Well, let's, look, I wish you all the we'll best. Give you, we'll give you the links. Yeah, thank you. We'll, 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 we'll put them up somewhere so people can see what these guys are doing. It's been a lovely night. Thank you. I appreciate your... Uh, we've, we finished that bottle of red, by the way. That was a lovely a lovely one. Um, what have we got here? A McLaren Vale 2016 Shiraz. That was good. That was good. If we've got a little more fuzzy as the uh, podcast has gone on, you probably understand why. Um, thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, big, big distances and uh, great challenges and... Uh, Hope to hear the tale when you get back from um, from your adventure. Yeah, just looking, just looking forward to some good hallucinations. <laughs> <laughs> Aliens on the Yukon. Alrighty, good one. Right. Thanks, guys. Very good on you. Thanks, mate. So there you have the Flying Dawsons, uh, our first go at a podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We, uh, we're learning all the way, um, so forgive us our, uh, our errors early on here. We we're talking about where you can follow these guys on their adventure once it gets going. The, uh, the Yukon River Quest has its own website, which is www.yukonriverquest. That's Y-U-K-O-N, riverquest.com. And the Texas Water Safari, which sounds kind of nuts, is www.texaswatersafari.org, O-R-G. Keep an eye out for their uh, their progress. The, uh, the Texas Water Safari starts next week, and we will update on our Facebook page, our Expedition Kayaks Facebook page, uh, as to where these guys are at and what they're doing. Um, 
they certainly deserve our support. Uh, I can't imagine doing those things myself. Uh, and I've done a few long things over the years, but, uh, but good luck to them. Our, uh, our next podcast, episode two, will be up uh, in a week or so. And that's, uh, that's Rob Mercer and I having a chat for an hour about our North Reef expedition, a trip we went on back in 2011. I hope you, uh, I hope you tune in again. Great to have your company. Thank you.